The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking the time to join us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about horse racing, talking about the sport of kings, talking about all things racing, but thank you for taking your time to be with us. Racing continues. Yes, you've heard it right. Belmont 142 is in the books in the order of finish as follows. The grade one, Belmont, running you down very quickly before we do our recap. Winner is the seven, Drosselmeyer, Mikey Smith, wins by three parts of length, 13 to one, five wide, Drawing clear down the lane, paying 28 bucks. Second, the five fly down, who only made one mistake. He let Drosselmeyer pass him, and then dug in, was coming on like gangbusters again. Johnny V in the irons, uh, almost uh, five and a half to one, steadied on the first turn. Third is the 11 first dude named after Todd Palin, Sarah Palin. I'm sure she was up in the stands this all glee. Ramon Dominguez aboard running third. Rounding out the Super is the eight-game-on dude, Martin Garcia, former deli worker. He had to stand on a box. wonder if he had to stand on the box, climb up on the horse, or they legged him up properly. But he completed out the Superfecta. So it is Drosselmeyer, fly down first dude, and game-on dude. Triple Crown Fever is over. 2011, right around the corner. Believe you me, it'll be here before we know it. And racing does continue. Every week you always hear me talk about winning ponies, how economical, easy to use, and one of the most comprehensive sheets and data systems out there. I got hooked up with these guys because I was kind of spinning around the Internet. I was taking a look at what they had. I started communicating with them. I started liking what I was seeing. Before I knew it, I was buying some things. I was taking a look, started writing, started blogging a little bit. Had the honor now to chat with you for quite a while now, and I've enjoyed every second of that. But tonight, we're going to do something a little different. I had four people online. Four people online. Julian LePru, Johnny McKee, Tyler Picklesheimer from Colonial, and Rosemary Homeister. And I got to thinking about it. I said, you know what? Got two riders that are down. They're still going to be down. Julian, I believe, was about ready to take a of the long-awaited vacation. Johnny McKee is, is recovering nicely, hopefully. Fingers are crossed. Tyler Picklesheimer, Racing Secretary, Colonial Downs. They're going to be gearing up next weekend. He's going to be our special guest next weekend. I tied him up next weekend because they have their big premiere day. And Rosemary Homemeister tore them in half at Tampa Bay, and she's doing very well at Colonial Downs. 
aside from all that, prefacing anything, I wanted to talk tonight about a little bit of a refresher, a little 101 course on the comprehensive use of the sheets. I'm going to talk in depth, and I'm not going to bore you to death. And I, because I'm going to, I chose three tracks yesterday. Yesterday I had a busman's holiday. I was off at the track, and I went to the track. And I went with my best friend and went with my dad. It was his birthday, and we went to Indiana Downs. And I chose three different tracks. I chose Belmont, because it's my favorite oval, pretty much to play. That in Kentucky. I chose Presque Isle, Synthetic Poly, and I chose Colonial Downs. 90% of the races are run on the turf. So my favorite oval, Synthetic, and, and Turf. And we're going to be talking about that. And I'm going to comb through it, and I'm going to show you what I was looking at and some things that were kind of jumped out and kind of caught my eye. And hopefully that you'll become a little bit more of a user. And if not... Hopefully you will become a user, and if you already are a user, maybe we'll sharpen some things up together here tonight. So, your special guest tonight, me. Me and you, and we're going to be talking about racing. And I'm going to talk about the sheets. I'm not going to mention any other sheets. that I'm not going to besmirch anyone's name. We're above that. But I'm going to tell you, they write their stuff 72 hours in advance. They get it out there as fast as they can. And winning ponies, I will say, you'll, you'll see it 12, 15 hours out. They're wanting to get it out closer. They're, they're, they're really struggling to get it out as close as they can, but they want to get every bit of information they can. Last seconds count in this game. That's why you don't see it 72 hours in advance. But... They are working in feverishly to get it out as quick to you as they possibly can, which gives you every angle in the world. So, me, your special guest tonight. What's happening? We're going to do a little recap. We're going to talk about some biggins. Comprehensive look at data. Myself. Your special guest is me. News from our good friend Pistol Pete Aiello. He says he's going to give us a little jingle. Final furlong handicapping. But before we get... Going. 2011 is already set. Breeders' Cup. The Breeders' Cup will announce Friday morning the organization's 2011 year-end event will be held at Churchill Downs in Louisville. An official who has knowledge of the organization's plan, Churchill, is scheduled to host the 2010 Breeders' Cup this November. Announcement will be made. The Breeders' Cup is scheduled Friday morning at Churchill. Governor Steve Bashir, Breeders' Cup Chairman Bill Farish, they're going to make the announcement. It's going to be 2011 back-to-back years. It's all about Kentucky. It's all about the good racing. Spectacular time. And now they got lights in case it gets dark. All right, we're going to jump on out. We're going to give a little recap here. We're going to start off with race six at Belmont last week. June 5th, the Woody Stevens Handicap, grade two. Winner is the five to Funny Bone my God, is this one a monster. Edgar Prada wins by three and a half lengths, well-placed, drawing off after 85 and a 50, just implodes. Discreetly minor remand. All over the try, the exacta. Dick Dutro, congratulations. Race seven, just a game, grade one, $400,000. Winner is the five, Proviso. Mikey Smith winning by a half length, stalked, drawing clear, made 420 and one. 
at 420 to 1. For Billy Mott, race 8 of Belmont, True North, $200,000. Winner is the 3, Bribon. Garrett Gomez in the iron. Taking back five wide, paying 750 to win. Todd Pletcher all aboard that. And if they're sounding familiar, go back and take a listen to the podcast. No bragging here. Just go listen to the podcast. Belmont Park, race number nine, the Betfair TVGA Corn Stakes. Wow, that's a mouthful. Grade one, $300,000. Winners of 12, Champagne Diora, Martin Garcia. Now, this one you won't hear out of my mouth. Wins by half length, 39 to 1. Strong right handed whip. Seldom we ever put that in the comment lines. Martin Garcia getting the job done. Tenth race, Belmont, the Woodford Reserve. Mile and a quarter on the inner turf. Winners of four, Winchester, Cornelio Velasquez. The Irons wins by a half, swung six wide. Strong bid. 44.80 for Christophe Clement. And we talked about the Belmont. Drosselmeyer is the winner, $28.11.67.70. Second is the five fly down six eighty and five ten. Third is the eleven fly dude four ninety to show. Rounding out the super is the eight game on dude. The pick three thirty six thousand one oh seven. Two dollar pick four one hundred sixty seven thousand fifty six dollars. Two dollar pick six three thousand one hundred eighty dollars. Exacta Buckville forty four fifty. $2 try, $7.66 even, should have paid more. $2 super, $10,658 even. $2 double, $5.96. And the $2 double, the Brooklyn Belmont double, $2.83 even. Belmont, $142 in the books. Churchill Downs, race number 10. The early times, Mint Julep, grade three winner. Ha cha cha. James Graham, that's a nice runner. Was by three quarters of only good trip up the rail there for Phil Sims Payne. Five twenty to win. I, I love hot cha cha. Turf and synthetics. And then we go to Hollywood Park, Redondo Beach. Mile on the turf. Winners of seven turning top. Brees Blanc in the irons wins by a dirty head. Four forty to win for Simon Callahan. Race seven, Los Angeles handicap at grade three. Winner is the three. Cost of Freedom, Tyler Bays, paying four bucks for John Sadler. Tenth race at Hollywood, the Charlie Winningham, grade one, a mile and a quarter on the weeds. Winner is the one, Acclamation Christian Santiago Reyes. Could be a boxer, too. Wins by a length and a half. Drifted out, held game, paying 820 to win for Donald Warren. This kid can ride. He started off at Churchill Downs. I was watching him down there in the Kentucky scene. Actually, he was uh, flying his trade a little bit at River. He rode a winner at River Downs uh, last meet. Woodbine, race number six at Nassau, grade two, a mile on the turf. Winner, the seven, simply splendid, Chantel Sutherland. She could walk on the catwalk or she can walk in the winner's circle. She leads it right into the winner's circle, 1580 to win for Gail Cox. And then rounding out Woodbine is the Eclipse Stakes of Grade 3, a mile and a 16th on the all-weather. Winners of 7, Southdale, Emma Jane Wilson. Incredible little rider there. Three-quarters of a length. Steph Slow driving clear, 840 to win for Ian Black. So that was what was happening last weekend. And if you were asleep... Now you are not. Something that caught my eye here. Now I've told you already. Churchill Downs stepping up in a major, major way. 
Who said you can't teach old dogs new tricks? Let there be light. Take a look at ChurchillDowns.com. Darren Rogers putting out some really good stuff here. Things get even a little racier at night. Downs After Dark, presented by Budweiser Select, official beer of the Kentucky Derby, June 11th. Downs After Dark, presenting Disco at the Downs. Then June 18th, Downs After Dark with a South Beach flair. June 25th, Downs After Dark, dress to impress. July 2nd, Downs After Dark, presenting Boots. Brew and barbecue, all under the lights down at Churchill Downs. Who said you can't teach old dogs new tricks? Churchill Downs, congratulations. You're leading us into the new millennium. All right, it is time to head out to a break, and when we return, we're going to special guest of the week, me. And we're going to be talking a whole lot about winning ponies here on Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccinello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. 
to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host ed meyer got a tip for us need a tip from us if you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I wish thank you because without you, there being no us. And we are very pleased that you take your time to join us. If you want to drop me an email, do so. If you want to drop me a line, do so. If you want to pick up the phone and call, I'll even take the call. Sometimes you get some crazy calls, people trying to order pizzas and such, but my man Dion, he usually filters all that jazz out. And he says he's going to be keeping an eye on me. I don't know what that means, but you know what? He's a professional, and i got two ears and one mouth. So I'll listen to what the guy says. He pushes the buttons. This time is our second segment. That's where we have our special guest of the week on. This week's guest is Avid Handicapper. We're, we're going to stay away from uh, Habitual Gambler. A man that is a fan through and through, loves racing, worked at two different having a great time, a whole lot of fun, and just loves watching races, harness. Right now, he's watching Mohawk Harness. Special guest this week is Mr. Edmar. Hey, yeah, it's good to see you. Well, I am glad to be here. And you know what? I am more glad to be talking to all of you guys. I wanted to kind of touch on this week something we never really get into. And uh, I just kind of take it for granted that, that the people that are using the sheets are just using them and, and you're nailing them cold. But yesterday, as I said, I, I had a busman's holiday. I had a day off of the track, and I went to the track. And there's plenty of races. Saw some live racing from Indiana Downs. It's cheap, but it's cool. Saw a Racino. In fact, if you're if you're new to that, that's the uh, the wave of the future, and all tracks are wanting and they're looking at it. But I chose three tracks. My favorite oval, Belmont Park. Mostly all turf course. They run 90% of the time. Colonial Downs and Synthetic Poly. Now I chose some races here that I made a few plays on, some try, some straight, couple exact doors, some bigger bets, but, you know, not going to brag. Just going to have a whole lot of fun. Let's go to the race number one at Belmont. Now, this was yesterday. Now, I was looking at the Winning Ponies data. I downloaded it. I took a look at it, and I was taking a look at the top tiers. In tier two was actually the winner, and that is Feline Felon, Jose Espinosa in the irons, and he was almost 6-1. to one. Now, the speed ratings were a 46 for this race and a 50 for the last three. So, now, th- these are pretty incredible numbers there. Last race, uh, Jorge Chavez was the uh, jock. Uh, Jose Espinosa is the jock this time around. In tier two, opening up at 4-1, to one, going off almost 6-1, to 5.5, 6-1. 
and the numbers are pretty good. Now, this is a, this is a second-tier horse. Now, the favors always aren't in the top tier, but sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. So I take a look at Feline Felon, and I use him in a bit of an exotic here. So I'm pretty, pretty pleased with this, and, and the numbers are, are pretty true. The speed ratings are very nice, and you know, they're pretty solid, especially for the price. So I use Feline Felon. Okay, now second in here, I, I go and I, and I dig a little bit. And I dig a little bit, and I dig a little bit, and, and, and I come up with a three, and he's in the second tier as well, and it's gold close to home. A 43 and a 47 as far as speed ratings, that's the current in the last three, 32 smoke into one, almost 33 to one. Malin Studer, I mean, if she wasn't riding, she could be a model, but on this day, I don't care what she looks like, I want to see her in the winner's circle or at least part of it. Now, these are a couple, two that kind of caught my eye. Now, we're running seven on the main track. It's, uh, it's condition 15,003 lifetime. Now, I'm playing two top-tier horses. One's a beautiful price. The other one's a pretty nice price. Now, I go up to the taking top, but take a look at the top-tier horse, and that is the five. That's Lion's Lair, 53 and a 53. Those are your two speed areas, and it also lets me know with the handy-dandy raise in class, and he raced nine days ago. Now, these are some things that, you know, you may or may not, I, I'm, I'm guilty thereof, that sometimes I, I let things like this go. Lion's Lair was raising up in class nine days. That's coming back pretty quick. Trainer Dominic Galusio winning 26% of the time. So, they're, they're top-tier horses, top one, two, it finishes feline, feline, and second in the top, in the uh, tier number two. Second was Malin Stoder at 32 to 1 in the second tier. Then the top tier horse, the Chalkster. Excuse me, he's second choice. He wasn't the Chalkster. He was 2 to 1 on the morning line, Lion's Lair. The exact to pays 142.50, and the tribe pays 496.50. Now, those are some pretty incredible numbers. Okay, now we're caught on to the game, and we know what we're doing there. Now, that was at Belmont Park. I love Belmont. I can't get enough of it, and, and I openly admit that if they ran all the time, that I'd do it. Third race. I really like this one here. I went to the top-tier horse. He really caught my eye. They're going to run a, a main track turf, mile and a 16th. Optional $100,000. They also are all for out a turf rating, 21.6. It really kind of caught my eye. A 74 and a 67 for speed ratings, 180-day layoff. Now, this is all in the, the handy-dandy box there because I forget sometimes. Six for nine in the money on the turf. For Barkley Dang, who does well with layoff, the runner had not run in 473 days. Summer Patriot wins as the top-tier horse. And pay six sixty to win. I catch him, and I'm all over him with Rajiv Marah. In second was a tier one horse, Operation Red Dawn, almost eight to one, six wide and rallying under Alan Garcia, dropping in class. They said should improve in drops in class for Christophe Clement, Prado to Alan Garcia. And the thing that always catches my eye here is his speed rating was a sixty two with a plus. When you see the single plus sign. Good things are bound to happen. When you see the double, 
reach in the jeans and pull out the greens. So I swung a nice little exacta hammer there. Exacta paying forty dollars and eighty cents a try, one thirty nine fifty. Very nice. Belmont race seven. Now this one caught my eye because I wanted to hammer away. So I dug a little deeper and I went into tier three. I'm looking for a price. But then I see an underlay. John Wyatt. He's in tier three. He's seven to two. He wins monster workout. Now this is a many things that you know you, you might lay off of and say, you know, okay, I, I can read the form, Ed. You know, I, I can read the form and I can pick it up myself. John Wyatt wins at four to one, monster workout, a hundred and eighty day layoff. He wins second choice is out of tier two tapadar. It says positive three year old. That's something I don't see very often. But it really kind of caught my eye. Now they are they are on the turf, and John White had a 6.2 turf rating. Tabadar had a 7.6. Now listen to this. Tabadar is in Tier 2. 55 and 56 were speed ratings, and Tabadar is almost 6 to 1 and runs second. Okay, so I snagged the both of them, and now I'm looking. Now I'm searching. In Tier 1, left T, he's 9 to 1. In Tier 1, his improved... He was 5-1 in the morning line, and he wins. Jean-Luc Samin. So we have two Tier 2s in a Tier 1, exact of 57 bucks in the try, 394 Now that's Belmont. So, I mean, moving right along, it kind of catches your eye. Jumping out to Colonial Downs, race number two. I love the turf, and so do they. I went to a Tier 1 runner, Royal Rascal. Big favorite, pays three eighty to win. Rosemary Homeister has improved, dropping in class. Chris Ortiz to Lady H. I love it. 8.4 as a turf rating, but a 65 with a plus sign. Royal Rascal just stormed them home. And that was a Tier 1 runner right there. So I was all over that one. So that was Colonial Downs. And then... A polytrack, because they know no boundaries. Polytrack, it was in the eighth race, and I was, I was all over it like a cheap suit. I was all over it. Their top tier one runner, bread with butter, 10 to 1 in the morning line, goes off almost 7 to 1, well handled in driving with Sheldon Russell. It says, should improve in racing in class. He was almost 7 to 1, so he drops down in class, raced 19 days ago. So, okay, the Tier 1 horse is 10-1 to 1 in the morning line. Now he's 7-1. to 1. Sheldon Russell is aboard. So now, I, now I'm looking. I go to the Tier 1s, and, you know, and there, there's a, really I'm sold on bread with butter now because we got a 51 speed rating here with a plus symbol. Anytime I see the plus, I'm all over it. Go to the Tier 2. I see a pair of 45s, and one of them's got the plus symbol there. 7.5 to 1 is the one. Seattle Spirit rallied and just missed so i've got two and from tier one and tier two and they have that plus symbol that beautiful plus symbol and then i go down to the eight i did stretch a little bit on a 45 day layoff raising in class rd allen was aboard gold czar paying 410 410 to one paying 340 to show exact to 8080 try 557.20. So just a little tidbit for you right there.
We did some turf. We did some poly. We did my favorite track. I left a few shekels ahead. No bragging here, but you could have been right aboard with it, and hopefully you were there too. And the big thing is they weren't just limited to one oval. They stretched out over three ovals, and it's right there for the taking. Well, it is time to head to a break, and when we return, hopefully we're going to be chatting with Pistol Pete. We're going to have some news from around the world of racing and final furlong handicapping here on Winning Ponies. Crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. Okay. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. Thanks for hanging on. In segment number three, segment number two was a whole lot of fun because we were talking about the Winning Ponies data. Wasn't a bragger tone, but we were talking about Winning Ponies data. Hopefully you were aboard and you were locked and loaded. Always good to hear when other people win. 
I have always been a fan of that. Uh, I love to see other people win. I'm, I'm not one of these uh, these bitter beer face people that you know I didn't win, so I hope you don't. Hell, I hope you win, and I hope you take it down. Who knows? You might buy an ice cream, or maybe even a hot dog. Speaking of one of the nicest guys on the track, he calls me Big Rock and Daddy. I call him some other nicer things besides Big Rock and Daddy. Good friend, the voice of River Downs, and one of the uh, one of the more interesting people that I've actually had the uh, the time to actually speak with over my few years in racing. It's about twenty plus now. I'm starting to show my age. Join us now is Mr. Pistol Pete Iola. Pistol, are you there? I'm here and ready to fire. Pete, thanks so much for taking your time. I greatly appreciate it. It's always pleasure. a pleasure to chat with you and uh, you know someone that uh, that attended the uh, University of Arizona. I mean, you just didn't. Uh, and go to the welding school from down the street. Actually, you were versed and geared for racing, and and uh, calling races is just one of your uh, just one of your specialty items. I, I don't know. Maybe they had a, a, a 101 course for calling races, did they? Actually, no. It was kind of a trial by fire. That you know, the most important thing that they did for me was they get it gets you in touch with the right people, and that's true not from just the uh, race calling standpoint, but pretty much the industry wide type deal. But you had one of the, well, probably one of the most golden touch, and one of the golden voices in racing, who is a friend of yours, mentor, and uh, that probably got you directed into your, into your spot up there, and if you haven't been up there, it is, it's, it's the greatest spot to watch a race, but when you strap on the, uh, the headset or the microphone, uh, that sweat creeping down your back, it's for real, and uh, when you're up in the announcer's booth, but uh, Luke, uh, Luke Krybush really, really helped you along in your uh, in your endeavors everything uh, I can honestly say this when it comes to race calling and uh, uh, pretty pretty a lot of my networking is anything that uh, and that, those departments are accredited strictly to him uh, you know he got me started on the uh, on the right path to be a race caller and to put myself in a position that when the job came open I wasn't laughed at as just the guy that had never got the big break he put me in the position to make sure that I get the big break you talk about uh, being laughed at. First off, that had never happened. You did something pretty cool this week. You had a friend come in, uh, and I'll, I'll let you tell the entire story, but uh, you did a reverse, Mark Johnson, but this week you had a friend stop up, and you called a race. You did a half and half, which was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, no, I kind of like that. I mean, it's a different uh, – it's just like anything. You know, you get to do things uh, every once in a while that are, are kind of a changing up type deal. Like I called the races from the grandstand steps on Sunday – um, that was an experience that I always wanted to do, but I'm not sure if I had it to do again, that I'd do it again. The sight lines were pretty bad. But uh, you, you touched on it, me and Mark Johnson, when Mark came up to uh, to help out on the handicapping side of things. Uh, uh, John Englehart and myself kind of thought up the idea that, hey, well, why don't we call half a race apiece? And uh, I caught a little bit of heat, actually, from a couple of the local uh, local racing fans. They said that you're the voice of River Downs. You're supposed to finish the race, not start it. So. Um, James Ritherite Reed, who's the uh, voice of Chester Downs and another uh, up-and-coming announcer, uh, same age as myself, um, you know, he, he had uh, called a race that day, and I kind of, uh, you know, posed it to him. I said, "Do you want to want to try the old uh, half and half type deal?" And he said, "Sure." I said, "Well, you got to call the first half because I was told that I'm the voice and I have to finish the deal." Oh, he's a, uh, he's a Trotter man, correct? Yeah, he calls it. Uh, he calls it one of the better harness racing venues in the country, Chester Downs, and. Uh, I, it's near Philadelphia. It's in the suburb of Philadelphia. They actually the the clubhouse turn of Chester Downs is over water, 
uh, his call is they head into the bridge turn because there's literally a bridge <laughs> as part of the oval because it's right on the water. <laughs> you know, I, I heard I heard him up there. He, he was smooth. You know, he was accurate. And I'm not grading whatsoever, just as a fan's perspective, because as soon as I grade, you'll make me stand in front of that microphone again, and then I'll, then I'll shut my fat mouth again. I'll tell you what, I was listening. He was smooth. He was good. But when they got to the half, and then I heard – Pete's sweet uh, bellowing voice came out there. Excitement came back in. I mean, he, he was he was precise. He was right on the money. But hey, what a nice guy! And, you know, I'm glad that he came out to the river. But that was a really neat thing he did there, Pete. I, I really like that. Well, you know, it was tough. It was a lot tougher to do it the way we did it the last time with me and James than it was for me and Mark. Because with me and Mark, Mark was literally standing to my left. I handed Mark the microphone, and Mark called off the TV in the second half of the race. Dirty little secret there. Me and James are both purists, and even though it was probably have been better for one of us to do it that way, um, we didn't do it that way. So we were both standing next to each other with binoculars, which is nerve-wracking enough. Uh, but the other problem is, is James did not feel comfortable with the microphone being set down on the top of the announcer's counter like I have it. I have it on a little mic stand, and I just kind of pivot. Uh, he, he prefers to have the mic on him. So, you know, he's a headset type guy. And I've done it both ways, so I'm kind of pliable to the task. Well, James had uh, rigged this little thing where he had the microphone set up uh, around his neck. And then when we, when we passed off to go to the second half of the race, James held the mic for me. Well, that was fine, except that I was in the middle of calling the race. I couldn't tell, tell James, hey, James, move over. Because uh, our, our pan camera is actually blocking the top of the stretch. So if anybody wants to get a giant chuckle, just listen to the top of the stretch call of that race. I didn't have any idea what was going on. I was guessing, and it kind of took me back to the Finger Lakes days because the Finger Lakes booth is that way. You can't see anything off the top of the turn. Um, and, you know, that kind of rattles you, and you can kind of hear I kind of hiccup a little bit, like the announcers call it, where I'm just – I kind of lose my train of thought a little for a second there just for no other reason than, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to improvise, and then when I don't need to improvise anymore, I kind of – it's almost like you're coming down from the high, and you're like, okay, now what? And then uh, every once in a while, especially, you know, if there's one thing that, you, you know, the, the announcer critic could, could shoot holes in me, it would be that sometimes even on the regular race calls, I get ahead of myself. I'm on, I'm on the fourth horse in my, in my head, and I'm only on the second horse on the track. So, you know, that's a good problem to have. I mean, that's what even James said to me, that he's amazed at, at the fact that I don't have to sit there and, and stare at the horses through binoculars for 10 minutes before the race. But, um, you know, everybody has their ins and outs. But... Turning for home in that race, I couldn't see a thing. Well, I'm, I'm going to say this. Seldomly do I ever take this uh, approach, but I want to take it. I, I am, I'm wanting to take it, and I want to be heard, and I want to challenge it. That I want to take any bet right now within, I'm going to say, five, maybe ten years at tops, which will put you to be a very young man, that you are going to be on the major circuits. And I'll take any bet at any cost. If anybody wants to dial it up or bring it on out, I'll take it. And I'll go it. And it's not because I like you, Pete. It's because you're damn good and you bring a lot of excitement into the race world. Pete, I enjoyed it the other day, and I also enjoy your insights. And I wanted to ask you, you know, for lack of a better term, or term old dogs, new tricks. Twin Spires, they were complacent for many, many years. Now, all of a sudden, they turned on the on switch, and you can't turn these guys off. Old dogs, new tricks, racing at night at Churchill Downs. What do you think about that? Um, well, you know, I think it's, um, 
it's one of those things that I've, I was of the opinion, uh, my opinion hasn't changed any from last year as opposed to this year. Uh, I think it's a good change of pace. I think that it's, uh, you know, it's something that in any industry or enter any entertainment business, you have to change it up a little bit. Um, I like to call it novelty effect. Uh, a lot of the fans at, at Churchill that go to, to Churchill for the night racing, uh, uh, it's novelty to them, but we can't do this all the time. A lot of the small meets, the Delmars, the Saratogas, they're successful because they're not around all year. Um, so, you know, it's anything to change pace that, that ends up being successful, um, you know, I'm all for. I, I just would, would caution not to make it part of the same, the same old song and dance, if you will. Make sure that it stays fresh. Make sure that it stays, uh, you know, fresh in the people's mind and they don't think of it as, oh, they always do that. Even if you, you know, even if you do, a lot of times, and especially, you know, to, to promoters, and this is not even just in horse racing, if you can convince people that something is novel, even if it's not, then, you know, you're, you're that much better off and you can create yourself a competitive advantage that way. And, you know, Churchill's looking to do that. And boy, are they ever. June 11th, Downs After Dark presents Disco at the Downs, as you were talking about, uh, you know, hey, both of us, when we win, we both love to dance a little bit. And then there's a South Beach flare. Now, uh, you know, a few of our friends, they can wear their collars up and look cool. Dress to impress, once again, same thing, but a little more of. Then boots, brew, and barbecue. Kind of sounds familiar to something we had at the river. But, you know, I'm going to try to sneak down there and catch a Friday night of racing. I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. But, you know, it's, it's, really, been, it's really been kind of cool. And they've just made the announcement that 2011 they're going to have the, uh, the Breeders' Cup at uh, at Churchill Downs again. Well, you know, and it's, that's the kind of thing, you know, talking about having the Breeders' Cup there. It's, it, it's an iconic place. There, there's so many fans that are not even really racing fans or some folks that aren't even really sports fans that identify with Churchill Downs. So from a marketing standpoint relative to the Breeders' Cup to have your signature event there, so many people would expect you to do that anyway. But uh, I really think that it's, you know, it works out. It, it has worked out in the past, uh, the only thing that I can comment on very unofficially uh, off the record stuff is I understand that uh, a little bit of the hesitation from Churchill's part on jumping on the bandwagon with the Breeders' Cup is the revenue-sharing model that the Breeders' Cup shares with their host track. Um, I think it's a little bit of a common misconception that the, the host track of the Breeders' Cup makes a killing on the Breeders' Cup. That's actually um, not the case, not, not the case whatsoever. So, uh, you know, it's good for the business, and like I said, if you can if you can move the you know the World Series to Fenway Park or Yankee Stadium every year, you're that much better off. <laughs> Pete, that's a real good analogy there. You know, uh, you, you know what, what I'm excited about. One, I always love to hear you handicap. Two, I love to hear you call. Three, I think this and this is by no way, shape, or form in, in any order. I love to talk to you about just. Uh, just about the racing as a business. I mean, I, I, I love to listen to what a fresh perspective and a gentleman who knows the game inside and out. These aren't just rambled opinions of a man who's had three beers. This is someone who knows, who is trained, who is educationally pointed in this direction. And it, it brings me a lot, of, uh, a lot of excitement to know that you're part of the Hialeah team and uh, what, what lays in the future for Florida and you know, hopefully, what Mr. Brunetti sees in uh, your 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 hard work and your focus and 
And, I mean, you, you talk about a guy that can see around corners. I, I think that uh, you kind of fit the mold. You know, when I hear you talk about this, it, it, it really excites me to think about, you know, what Florida could actually hold with, uh, with you at the, you know, one of the, one of the helm positions. Well, the only comment I can make to that, and I've made it to, you know, to pretty much everybody at Hialeah Park, Mr. Brunetti himself, and countless times to countless others, it's, it's, it's certainly something that when you go into any business, whether it be horse racing or, uh, you know, entertainment, professional sports of some other ilk, um, you always aspire to be something. You always aspire to, you know, turn heads in whatever facet of a business that you're in. Um, and not only... You know, I, I am not an egotistical person by any stretch, but not only have I turned a few heads, I've turned some heads uh, that are pretty powerful and influential folks. Uh, you know, our general manager down there, Randy Soth, I mean, he was entrusted with rebuilding the fairgrounds after Hurricane Katrina. And, you know, I get to sit in a boardroom with this guy, and he asked my opinion. And it's not one of those things, you know, so many times in business where somebody asked, gets, their, you know, gets, gets uh, asked of their opinion for no other reason to save face or, you know, because they want to make sure that it looks good or whatever. But Randy legitimately, uh, you know, he asked my opinion. He doesn't always agree with it, but who does? And and takes my opinion into consideration. The same with Mr. Brunetti and, and, and his sons, uh, John Jr. and Steve. Um, you know, so to be able to sit in a room full of, you know, from the outside looking in before I got in this business, you know, great managers, and they're asking your opinion, and you know at the end of the day that, you may not get your way, but at least your opinion has been considered in the way things are going to be, you know, especially somebody for, you know, my age, for, you know, for God's sakes, I'm 24 years old. If you had told me that at 24 years old, I would be considered upper management at any track short of the Cochise County Fair in Douglas, Arizona, I would have told you you were insane. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And where's the mule venue that you, you want to sell your shoes to go to? Thank you for segueing into that. I was hoping I would get to bring that up. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's anybody in Radio Land out there that lives anywhere near Reno, Nevada, but if there's anybody that lives in Reno or around Reno, uh, look for uh, look for myself in that general direction next year about this time. Uh, they have the Winnemucca Mule Races uh, the first weekend in June. They actually just got done with them this past weekend in Winnemucca, Nevada, which is out in the middle of nowhere, uh, closest airport to the place is Reno. And I make it a uh, in all seriousness, I'll say it on national radio, and I've said it on Facebook and wherever. I will be at the Winnemucca County Fair, and Ed Meyer will be calling the races at River Downs a year from now. Because I will My be out goodness. there enjoying high-quality mule racing uh, from Nevada. You have worn them a year in advance, and that I appreciate. So they can, you know, may, or, you know, or maybe Jack could come up and turn it off and say Keeneland as it was meant to be. Pete, one final quick question here for you, and, uh, and then, then I have to roll out to a break. The Mammoth Park experiment. Now, I read, now, I, I, I hope that, that I'm, I'm encapsulating this correctly, 162% up. The Mammoth Park experiment, in a nutshell, is this where racing is heading? Is it where racing's heading? Probably. Um, should racing not be so impulsive before they go and jump on that bandwagon? Yes. Uh, I think that the, the past performances with racing, whether it be night racing, extreme race days, uh, synthetic surfaces is the best example I can think of. Let's not be too impulsive here. Let's, let's, let's try to uh, consider the circumstances in New Jersey, consider the circumstances at your own facility, weigh each option out and say, look, here's what would work better for us. And, you know, at the end of the day, the bottom line is, is that as they, they're, they're talking about reducing the racing schedule in Texas now, 
and they're saying, you know, that the handle drives our dollars. And, you know, maybe I'm just being a contrarian, but I don't see a direct correlation between uh, number of days a week or uh, purse money and number of days you race and handle. I mean, I think that I've said it on your show before, and I'll say it again. The only way you're going to increase handle over a long period of time in any substantiality is to get your customers to realize that your product is better than the competition. Now, that being said, I think that Monmouth Park is in the process of doing that, and that can be attributed uh, to some of the gains. I think that the people are looking at this racing and saying, hey, this is good stuff. I like these full fields. I like these big pools. I don't necessarily think there's a corollary between purse money. I think that if you have all the ancillary things, that that kind of sets itself. Everything that I've read about it, the attendance is up, the handle is up, the fields are large. Now, this has got to be Lane, I'm not going to say a black eye, but it's got to be a good rib shot to New York racing. Well, you know, and, and, and then Steve Chris, the, you know, the, the, the editor of the racing forum, he, he came up with something I very much enjoyed, and it was just kind of a hooray for Steve Chris, hooray for him staying this. He did a comparison relative to amount of money generated to the purse account by handle and the handle figures. Um, pretty much, you know, getting to the nuts and bolts of the fact that so many of the racing products now are slot-driven and that the purses are reflective of, a ni- in some cases, a 90% subsidy in, in uh, purse money from thought machines. And the key thing that he put out was that Monmouth, while they have increased their handle big time and they have increased their purses big time, relatively speaking, the betters have not yet jumped ship as Ma- New York is still number one on the on the handle uh, side of things. And then with a $4 million pick six uh, day on Wednesday, you know, it's, it's all about brand loyalty. It's no different in horse racing. I, I think a lot of people, fans and, and industry leaders, they want to, they want to put horse racing on a pedestal as a different kind of business. Sure. The business is different, but at the end of the day, you know, brand loyalty is just as important in horse racing as it is when you go to the supermarket and decide whether you're going to buy Pepsi or Coke. Fair enough. I'll tell you what, after hearing you chat, I don't know which I like best, hearing you handicap or hearing you talk about the industry. I'm going to go 50-50, but, Pete, the next time we're going to have you on, it, it's, going to be, it's going to be nothing but hardcore handicapping because I enjoy them both equally, and I'll let the listeners decide for themselves. I'll tell you what, I'm proud to know you in this game, and I know that as, you, as you brought up, you're 24 years old, and as I said, I'll take all bets, and, and you never hear me speak like that, I'll take all bets otherwise that say within a certain very, very short period of time, Pete Ilo will bank of the beak circuit, and, uh, and I think we're racing to be far better off for it. Pete, thanks well, for coming in. I'm going to make one quick corollary before you let me go to that. Yes. Uh, I don't make statements like this at all, but for those of you who are on the handicapping side of things, I'll lay any amount of money on the face of the planet that on Sunday in race number three, Jules Nomenclator is the f- horse in front at the opening quarter of that race. Anybody who... Uh, wishes to take me up on that offer can see Facebook for details, but this can fly out of the gate, and if you think you're beating her to the lead, you've got another thing coming. <laughs> Peter, thanks, for, thanks so much for your call and your insights, and uh, it's, always, it's always a pleasure having you on, and uh, we're, we're going to have you on as much as, as much as your time schedule will allow because it's, uh, it's always a breath of fresh air. Thanks again, my friend. Have a great evening. Thank you, Pete. Pete Aiello, Pistol Pete. 
man of racing. We got four minutes. We're going to do some quick handicapping here. Fourth race of Belmont on Saturday. We're going to do the Ogden Phipps. It's a grade one in there. I love life at 10, the deuce. Three to one, Johnny Velasquez and Todd Pletcher. They're only winning 26% together. Exits off of a win at Hawthorne. It seems like anybody that ran at Hawthorne, everywhere they run after that, they run really, really well. That's at Belmont in the fourth race. Sixth race, Churchill Downs, a mile and an eighth to Florida Lee. Or, as a friend of mine called it, the Florida List. The Florida Lee has tons of speed. In there, Rachel Alexander is back, and I believe she is going to come back to show that she is just A-OK. Failed as a favorite the last two times out, uh, especially in the La Troyenne, getting, uh, getting bested at Churchill down, second off of a layoff. I say Rachel is back, and then I'm going to use her on top of multi-pass, 15-1 to 1 with Jose Lescano, and Jessica is back, the other speedster. But Rachel comes back this weekend. Seventh race at Churchill Downs. Jefferson Cup, grade three, a mile 16th on the turf. In there, and I love this one. This one's going to get a hammer bet. Asphalt, three to one. Jose Lescano, Eddie Keneally in the American Turf Hub at Churchill Downs and run a beautiful race at a very nice price. But take a look at two back at Gulfstream Park. It looks like Gulfstream Park runners, wherever they're going to, they give a great performance right out of the gate. I'm going to say... Maybe this little three-year-old Colt's got one more by Warchant right off of the Gulfstream Park sweeten them up angle. Asphalt, three for your one in the seventh. That's my bet of the day. Eighth race, the Northern Dancer, a mile and a sixteenth in here. And this is a very nice bet race here. And uh, I'm going to go with the four, and that's Calazo And Garrett Gomez and Todd Fletcher's team up here. This is a... This is a three-year-old court by Distorted Humor, who's two for two in the money at Churchill Downs. Second off of the Gulfstream angle. I am just hooked and cooked on this one here. Five to two if you get that. Bet early, bet off, and you can bet that Gomez is going to be ready. Stepping up in class, and Todd Pletcher wins 19% of the greatest stakes. Two for two in the money at the distance, two for two at Churchill. Get all you want at Calazo. Ninth race, the regret at Churchill Downs, a mile and an eighth, a grade three. All I can say is the five, Queen of the Creek, Jose Lescano, Thomas Proctor. I like this one as well. This might be my second hammer that I throw. Seven to two, made a beautiful run there. I'm going to toss the last race out just because I feel that she's got better in the tank. As I saw her win at uh, Keeneland, seven to two, Queen of the Creek in the regret. The 10th race at Churchill Downs. It's the mile and a Stephen Foster, $600,000, real American dollars, that is. And I go out to the 11, Blaine, 3-1, to one. Garrett Gomez for Alstall. I think you're going to get every part of 3-1 to one because not everybody's a big fan of the 11 all. There's not going to be any blame for blame because 3-1, to one, Garrett Gomez, going for four in a row, is definitely worthwhile. And then I finish out at Hollywood in the ninth race, the Californian. And in this race, it's a grade two event. And I'll tell you this, you better take rail trip and Rafael Bejarano. Well, time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing. And until next week, when we have our guest of the week on, Director of Racing at Colonial Downs, Mr. Tyler Picklesheimer, who's going to enlighten us about his weekend. Winning ponies would like to thank Mr. Pistol Pete Ilo for his multiple insights and his thoughts about racing and his speed prediction for Saturday. 
So until next week, everyone, may all of your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.